Decolonize Now, a fundraising event, 6 to 11 p.m., Saturday, 20th of January, at the Factory in Richmond. All funds will be of immediate use for the warriors of Aboriginal resistance, in particular their seven days of resistance in the lead-up to Invasion Day and travel costs to the Tent Embassy in Canberra. Performers include Racer Age, Glitter Rats, Black Orchid String Band and more. Tasty West Papuan food will be available for purchase. Be there to show your support. Find it on Facebook, Decolonize Now, fundraising event. Saturday, 20th of Jan from 6 at the factory, hosted by Allies Decolonizing, who are a proud 3CR supporter. Sounds in this clip have been Racer Age. You're listening to 3CR's Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald as we investigate the role of landlords, bankers and natural monopolies through the eyes of the commons. Our birthrights, our birthrights. And welcome to the show, live in the 3CR studio. It's been a while. I uh, have stepped away from the farm. I finally feel like uh, I've actually moved out of the city. It's been interesting working. God, there's that word, interesting. I played that little clip last week trying to remind myself that interesting is not a word and I'm going to stop using it this year. We need to be more specific, more imaginative. Some way to break through to people's core values. Not repeating these common words such as basically. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, I digress, I digress. Uh, yeah, it's been good to have three weeks off up uh, in uh, Drummond at our farm and uh, knock on, uh, well, basically cross off the list a whole pile of things. I had a listener call during the week uh, as I was running my chainsaw, uh, dare I say it, chopping down uh, lots of dead trees, lots of peppermint gums uh, being attacked by termites in the area. Seems that uh, the drought from... uh, 0708 uh, has knocked a lot of trees. There's about 15 within 300 metres of the house that are slowly going to come down over the next few years. My wood stack is uh, organised. I've um, painstakingly investigated uh, the building of a Norwegian round wood stack. There's uh, a bit of a classic book out at the moment by Lars Mitting uh, talking about Norwegian wood chopping stacking and drying i think it's called and uh yeah good to know that uh if you stack your wood in a circular pile about a meter meter and a half tall it can dry within nine months not the two-year requirement that uh, many people often talk about so we will uh, keep an eye on that one for you in terms of uh, efficiencies here on The Renegade Economist. That's what we're always interested in is how to do more with less effort. Is that what economics is all about? The art of laziness. Well and truly, that is what the uh, 0.1% have taken to heart. And that is uh, the name of the game of the economic system. That's where we shine our light on. What I'm talking about in terms of the art of laziness is securing yourself monopoly rents 
whether that's as a landowner, a miner, an owner of uh, supposedly our DNA, the biopiracy that's uh, carving up our forests, uh, looking for these uh, uh, DNA sequences that can be patented and turned into very valuable uh, uh, pharmaceuticals. That is the name of the game, unfortunately. Well, uh, I'm pleased to report that there are more and more signs that uh, the learning people are doing through podcasts and community radio stations, uh, online websites. The amount of information uh, available to us all now is virtually unlimited and uh, it's up to you to try and delve through the various ideologies to make sure that uh, whatever lens you're viewing the world from uh, best reflects the reality of what I imagine most of us experience each week at some point, that darn fact of an empty wallet. Why on earth is my wallet empty again? Would it be bank fees? Would it be tolls? Goodness me, there I am paying Transurban. They've been uh, docking me too heavily. I got a change today, a little minor victory. Their auto payments uh, policy is that uh, anytime your account balance goes below $20, they will take out $40. So when I'm paying around about $18 a week, $20 a week in uh, tolls, They've got around about 30 to 40 bucks extra of mine that uh, no doubt slopped onto the global uh, casino, investing uh, somewhere, making Transurban even more money. Well, uh, I've been digging through Hansard trying to find where the government uh, uh, legislation is enabling this to happen. And lo and behold, my... Uh, question to their customer service agency uh, resulted in a phone call and uh, they were willing to bend over backwards of course I'd uh, ask some rather pointed questions so uh, nice to know that uh, even giant monopolies like uh, Transurban can be personable every now and again well what's next privatizing the shade we're coming up for another heat wave uh, this week and as uh, I drive in the city and see yet again more and more evidence of smog, smog, smog. Dare I be any cause of that? Scratch your head, what is he talking about? Well, this is one of the biggest criticisms of economics uh, along, well, it's probably the biggest uh, the the fact that our economic system does not incorporate these externalities of uh, pollution, uh, the ramifications of me driving an hour ten each way in the car, oh my, what is that doing to people's uh, quality of life? Their their uh, breathing side effects, all of the various uh, impacts that flow through our waters our food chains, all of those aspects from uh, uh, us drivers, us polluter commuters. How can that be represented in our pricing system so that we decide to uh, take the train, so that we decide to lobby that there's more than one train every 90 minutes from the Malmesbury train station uh, at the time, uh, basically in the morning. It's ridiculous. So uh, not only is it untimely, it's more costly and slower, so I've taken the decision to drive. 
but oh, one day I'm going to reveal something I've been studying for the last couple of years, guys. But uh, yeah, there are some incredible things going on, on the internet in terms of actual science. And uh, yeah, if you ever bump into me in the street, hit me up and ask me how on earth, Carl, have you cut your fuel consumption bill by between 30 to 50 percent? I hope sometime this year I can reveal this information. Some very edgy science going on relating, of course, to some of the most powerful natural forces on this earth. Looking into the core of our earth. But uh, that's as much as I'll hint. So what is next? Privatizing the shade. Will monopolists uh, be able to, in time, cordon off the shade? Somehow charge us for it. Will that be the ultimate monopoly when our weather is running at uh, 42 degrees a day for weeks on end over summer? That's the big question. How are monopolists going to make money out of uh, climate change? And today I've got... uh, I've got a bit of a groundbreaker for you. I'm uncovering things. I am sick of uh, reading The Age. I'm just going to declare it. I love Clay Lucas. I love a few of the other writers there. But my God, this bare bones newspaper, I cannot read it anymore. I'm just going straight to Hansard. (laughs) That's where some uh, decent conversations come through every now and again. And we get the dirt. I will get to that soon. So... uh, Market failures related to ecosystems include the fact that many ecosystems provide services that are public goods. Many ecosystem services are affected by externalities themselves. And property rights related to ecosystems and their services are often not clearly defined, i.e. allowing for insiders to come in and biopirate traditional forms of medicine so uh, yeah there's a couple of different forms of ecosystem service uh, valuations and when i talk about ecosystem services i'm talking about the ability of trees peppermint gums to uh, grow and in time absorb the carbon that my car is creating and store that in the wood and uh, keep it out of the atmosphere uh, purifying the air at the same time That's an ecosystem service, and it's been grossly undervalued by our market system that, remember, only looks at labor and capital and has excluded the earth from economic analysis. That is the key realm of the renegade economist. That's what Henry George wrote about back in the 1870s, and so many other reformers had discussed over those uh, uh, ensuing time so uh, yeah a few different forms of valuing uh, the ecosystem uh, one of course is use value and that's of course the value derived from the actual use of a good or service such as hunting fishing bird watching or hiking option value is a good one uh, the value that people place on having the option to enjoy something in the future just in case although they may not currently use it. So uh, a person may hope to visit the Mungo Plains sometime in the future and thus would be willing to pay something to preserve the area in order to maintain that option. Thank you, Taxation System, for uh, uh, funding our public park system. Now, bequest value. 
This is one I hadn't really thought of, but uh, the value that people place on knowing that future generations will have the option to enjoy something. Thus, bequest value is measured by people's willingness to pay to preserve the natural environment for future generations. So because of the ignorance of ecosystem services, uh, it's been a while since I've talked about this, but still one of uh, my favorite examples of ecosystem services is the New York watershed, which uh, the EPA was concerned at uh, dwindling water quality levels, and it was found that Good old public land sales to farmers over the years had etched away at the the natural boundary around uh, these uh, around this water catchment, and so uh, some of the effluent was leaching into the water. And that basically, the New York Water Authority was uh, told by the EPA that unless you clean up your act, we're going to force you to set up a chemical plant and uh, that mechanized plant was valued at some 2.4 billion dollars and so the water catchment authority very quickly organized some 700 million dollars and last time i looked they'd spent around about 300 million of that money in purchasing land off some of these encroaching farmers to ensure that there was enough distance between the pollution and the waterways for nature to do its thing through all of those mosses, through all of that clay loam soil to uh, to pull out some of the impurities and then let the earth digest that and, and cleanse it over time. So uh, another example of uh, ecosystem services, a more current one, was uh, yet again a goddamn American thing, but I'm just going to say it. Hurricane Sandy in 2012. Remember that one that ripped through New York and a whole pile of Occupy activists? Uh, that sort of network were some of the first responders and the uh, the crew there really got out in front and uh, showed up some of the emergency service providers of the time. Well, uh, there's been a big study, according to PBS.org, uh, showing how the... Coastal wetlands thwarted some $625 million worth of property damage during Hurricane Sandy. So uh, in more than half the zip codes along the East Coast, wetlands helped reduce the cost of damages by 22%. Even urbanised New York, where wetlands cover 2% of land, saved about $138 million thanks to wetlands. So whilst the total savings represent just 1% of Sandy's overall cost of $50 billion, wetlands still help spare hundreds of homes and thousands of miles of roads from more damage. Some 833 miles of roads were uh, basically saved by these wetlands. So that's something that uh, is sorely needed down in New Orleans and uh, other places such as Houston where uh, the recent floods there show what happens when you ignore science and let property developers run rampant, eliminating wetlands. Similar sort of things have uh, happened, tried to occur uh, down around Anglesey as well. So uh, it is a concern and it's... It's more of uh, more evidence of this corruption of these types who want to make this easy money 
going hell for leather to uh, jump on in to distort the public decision-making system so that uh, they can indeed make this easy money. Now, in terms of ecosystem services and uh, including them in our economic system, we are lucky here in Australia to have the Australian Environmental Economic Accounting System. If you go to the ABS, you'll find it under number 4655. Now, uh, I've spoken about this a number of times on the show. I love supporting it because I fear with the constant cutbacks to the ABS that uh, this could be another major report that gets the axe. But uh, hopefully that won't happen. It seems like uh, cuts to the ABS uh, being slightly mitigated, so uh, fingers crossed for that one. So uh, I did some uh, plowed through this. It was released, I think, back in about August this year. I've been trying to get it on the show. But, uh, yeah, it, this is a great report for anyone interested in the earth, the environment, and uh, the cost of pollution to delve into. And it's full of useful stats, such as native timber at $1.8 billion. Our uh, plantations, our timber plantations are at $10.2 billion. I'd love to know uh, exactly what sort of land area those plantations now assume compared to the native timber and why there's such a differential there. But uh, that was uh, an interesting fact. I didn't think there'd be such a big, uh, a big difference there. Uh, our mineral assets were valued at uh, $1.02 trillion. Of course, land in 15-16 uh, was a $5.1 trillion. And the electromagnetic spectrum, what uh, the mechanism via which uh, many of you will be listening to this show, either via our uh, AM radio spectrum or through digital medium, that's valued at some $16.1 trillion and going upwards. Now, I think it was about uh, table three. They had an interesting uh, angle there. They, they calculated all of Australia's natural resources according to a per capita total implying that if we really were all born as equals, we'd all have a net wealth of some $447,583. That's a little crude as it includes all ecosystem services, including our public parks, but in a way it hints at the fact that uh, if this really is the commonwealth, we'd all be intrinsically... Uh, looked after but do not listen to this imposter you are lost if you forget that the fruits of the earth belong to all and the earth to no one so says Jean-Jacques Rousseau way back in uh, the 1500s I think so uh, Carl what are you saying are we going to commodify the earth should we have a dollar value on everything well, that is a uh, ethical quandary I'm often um, debating with myself because uh, if we don't have a dollar value, then insiders who do know how valuable it is can often snap up these resources for a song. 
on the other side to it, we could protect these natural resources through uh, strong forms of zoning with uh, serious oversight. It's just mind-boggling that we still have all this illegal logging going on in Victoria. What are we up to? Some f- what have we got left? Some 5% of old-growth uh, forests now, and still it goes ahead. We should be using Google Earth. There should be... Uh, email alerts or red flashing signs coming across our computer screens anytime that sort of behavior goes on. All right, let's go to this little clip. Any energy transition, an energy transition is when an economy moves from one dominant source of energy to another, is usually driven by relative prices. Now, as far as oil is concerned, I don't think the price of oil is going to rise because of scarcity. But the technological changes we've seen, and particularly the issue of demand as a result of COP21, the Paris Agreement, concerns about climate change, means that demand is likely as we go forward to not be as high as people expect. It will be a decision by consumers to move away from oil. Absolutely. And consumers driven by governments. So I come back to my point about relevant uh, relative prices. I'm thinking here particularly if a carbon price is introduced, that will encourage people not just to move away from coal, but also from oil as well. Does this mean that oil nations will end up with stranded assets? It's very likely that they will. Those countries that have very large oil reserves are going to find themselves sitting on oil reserves that basically nobody wants. Now, this is not going to happen in the next couple of years, but if you're taking a time frame of 5 to 10 to 15 years, then I think that is highly probable. So 5 to 10, 15 years, is that the time frame then the countries have to diversify? Yes, and it's a very short period of time. And the reality is that they should have started that process 40 years ago. Who are lagging behind? Uh, Virtually all of them. They all made rhetorical noises about moving away from oil, but none of them have really done so. They're now starting in the last year or so to look at, the, look at this as a serious issue. But frankly, they are too late. Raw talks will not end because we run out of things to talk about, that's for sure. But uh, we have run out of time. So I want to say thank you very much for joining Raw Talks, Paul. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. And to keep up with the new debate on extractives and development, join us on rawtalks.org. Oh, goodness. I'm sorry, I don't have that professor's name, but uh, you'll see it on our show notes uh, on Earth Sharing this week. Oh, first show of the year, first week back from holidays, please excuse me. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Peak oil. How is it shaping up? And uh, yeah, this Australian Environmental Economic Accounting System is your friend if you're a peak oiler. And Oz Crude Oil. Gigaliters. In terms of gigaliters, our average since 2005-06 has been 152.8 gigaliters on the balance sheets, if you like. But in 15-16, it's down to 131.1. So, uh, yeah, it's it's an issue. LPG average 161.4 gigaliters, but our assets reflect 156.6, up slightly from the the nadir of 144 and 1112 so uh, i suppose lpg as we know is um is not a huge drama at the moment but uh that's interesting the crude oil is down 
quite a bit uh, from its average. Lithium, one of those rare earths we all need for our uh, smartphones. It's increased uh, from 170 kilotons in 056 to now uh, 1,773 kilotons. So, uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, jump in exploration there and rare earths have jumped from 500 kilotons to 3,404 kilotons so uh, yeah all those Tesla Tesla wall fans out there will be relieved to hear that uh, lithium and rare earths are available in Australia but uh, remember we are one of the biggest suppliers of those stocks so uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this renewables uh, uh, boom continues and uh, that's been one of the stories of the week has been this uh, jump in solar and uh, green energy markets have been over the all over the press so Tristan Edis uh, talking about how the country added uh, over one gigawatts of uh, new rooftop solar capacity last year beating the previous record set by in 2012 by 14 percent and uh, there's uh, a lot of action going on in the solar farm realm. And, uh, yeah, we've got some, well, here in Victoria, 300 megawatts of power coming through via these solar farms. And, uh, yeah, I'm surprised to see that uh, Overland Sun Farming, who won the, uh, who won the contract to build the 110 megawatt uh, plant up on the uh, Murray River near Mildura at a place called Weeman. Well, that was announced early 2017. Guess what they did? They got the rezoning for the solar farm. Bet you can join the dots, what I'm going to say next. And by September, guess what they'd done? They'd flipped it. Now, I'm trying to uh, dig out exactly how much profit these gangsters made from that move, but uh, there's no doubt about it uh, that's going to result in a higher land price, and from that, those costs will be passed on to consumers, undermining the uh, competitive uh, pricing of what we really need, green energy. And I was uh, looking back through my show notes, and way back in uh, show number 88 where i think we're up to 524 here on the 3cr's renegade economist and uh in that show i talked about the mojave desert and how uh solar farm gold rush had kicked off and just once the government started rezoning land for solar farms start off with five applications and 20 months later, there are 104 claims. And over that time, uh, land prices had jumped from $500 an acre to $10,000 an acre. And uh, making matters worse, Goldman Sachs had bought land up between where these solar farms were being established uh, and the transmission lines so that uh, any connecting power lines had to pay a rent to good old Goldman Sachs. So let's see if Macquarie Bank is on the case of this. I'm going to be investigating. If anyone wants to give me a hand, a bit of economic detective work, uh, send me an email at renegades at earthsharing.org.au because I'm flipping over that. How can this same sort of scenario occur through so many of our public uh, monopolies? We have these issues of uh, rent seekers jumping in and uh, flipping these sites for easy, easy money. 
So uh, the Australia Institute's been out. They've hit the the new year uh, in force, talking about uh, another outage at Victoria's Yalorn Brown Coal Power Plant, Unit 3 this time, outage number four this week, and the heat wave is still to come. Can't rely on coal. So they're turning things around on uh, all of those conservatives who jumped up and down blaming renewables for South Australia's power outage a few years ago. Well, here we go. We've got uh, three Victorian coal units uh, breaking down already. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how our uh, new renewable rooftop capacity helps reduce the issues uh, surrounding uh, so many air conditioners running on these 40 degree days all right well uh, there we go first show back in the saddle next week i'm going to talk a bit about a uk land banking inquiry the conservatives over there are on the case what's happening here in australia let's get something going on we're all spending way too much how many of you are spending 300 dollars a week in rent my oh my if you are start getting serious read prosper.org.au earthsharing.org.au um, join our facebook pages twitters and uh, get on the case because we are being ripped off left right and center by monopolists it's not the capitalists it's the monopolists we have to worry about my name's carl fitzgerald i look forward to uh, looking inside the state of our wallets again next week I'm Tash Sultana, and you are listening to 3CR. Please subscribe. Do yourselves a massive favour. Thank you very much. Listener.